Welcome yeah. to the Chorus in the Chaos. My name is Blake. I'm joined, as always, with Grayson and Jack. We are moving right along in our series of common struggles of the Christian life. This is part two of our episode dealing with lust and other sexual sins. Uh, throughout this podcast, um, hopefully we're going to have some good biblical information for you. We're going to do a book giveaway. I think we've got one more of the uh, Reformer devotionals to give away. They were generously donated by a listener of the podcast. Uh, be listening. We will have a secret word for you to put into the comments of the YouTube section. If you're the first one to post the secret word, we will reach out to you, grab your address, name, information, social security number, credit cards, all that good stuff. <laughs> and we will get that copy of that book sent off to you. Um, also, we would like to just put out uh, a warning. Uh, this is this episode, because of the content that we're dealing with, lust and sexual sins, though, uh, as we said last time, it will not be crass, uh, we are dealing with some heavy subject matter. And so for those of you who uh, maybe are listening with little ones in the room, you might want to consider um, listening at another time or just ushering them out uh, to go do their farm chores or something like that. Mm. That being said, last time, we covered several foundations of uh, this issue of sexual sin. We talked about uh, really how damaging it is, uh, how prevalent sexual sin is, uh, everything from lust to the actual outworkings of the various uh, perversities that we read about in Scripture. Uh, we talked about marriage, uh, of course, being the foundational uh area of sexual expression. We talked about the purpose of sex within marriage and some of those uh, guidelines that the Lord has established, uh, everything from uh, picturing Christ and the church, uh, producing children, um, and all of those sorts of things. So if you haven't listened to episode one, we would encourage you to go back because we do a lot of groundwork there. Uh, coming into episode two, though, we really want to cover um, some different areas concerning the the risks of sexual sin. Um, it is not amazing that men and women get involved in sexual sin, but what is amazing is how much we're exactly willing to pay for our sexual sin. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Gosh, I, I, I think of Erwin Lutzer. I think it was him. Um, he talked about this reality that there were several temptations during his ministry. And what always grounded him was this reality that at the end of the day, you'll be held account for everything that comes to be, right? Mm -hmm. So when it comes to sexual sin, especially, you'll get the covenant you made with your wife. You've made a covenant with your church, at least if you're in a solid church. Mm -hmm. um, but the question that comes down to it is, when you look at those things, are you looking to look at the actual risk factor that comes into all these different things? Um, mm -hmm. And I don't mean in just a sense of saying, I'm going to suffer some earthly consequences. Mm -hmm. There's a reality that says, um, at the end of the day, what comes down to it is I have a command and call by God to pursue faithfulness. And are we pursuing that? Right. Yeah. It's it's amazing though, even the you know, even <clears throat> even um setting the uh heavenly consequences, you know, in on the horizon 
it's amazing how much we're willing to risk even on that earthly side. Right. Uh, because earthly consequences for sin, of course, uh, I think we would all agree, are actually a, a a grace from God because those earthly consequences are the things oftentimes that are used to uh, spur us to repentance and, and things like that Yeah, uh, if, if those things are brought about. But on this issue of sexual sin, it's almost cliche. Yeah. Um, how much like like the path that people take to uh you know gross immoralities i mean you have long-standing marriages you know it's it's that classic you know we stood on the platform we uh set our vows and uh together we you know bought our first house and went through all the honeymoon phase and had children and the children uh you know grew and all this stuff and and you have all of this life pattern laid down and then it ends with, you know, he runs off with another woman. Yeah. And of yeah. course, you know, as part of the story, of course, she was once happily married. Also, uh, you know, devoted wife, devoted mother. Uh, she used to love her husband, but she's fallen out of love. You know, hmm. uh, of course, she still loves her children, but... After all, doesn't she deserve? Doesn't she deserve this? Doesn't she deserve happiness? Doesn't she uh, deserve you know something different? And on and on, that story repeats itself, right? Yeah. And people yeah. justify their sin. Uh, you know, they they lose sight of again what what Grayson mentioned those, those covenant relationships, um, and they're willing to to risk it all uh, in these long standing relationships of love and trust they get shipwrecked on these yeah. jagged rocks of sexual perversion you know yeah. kids lose their parents the statistics on broken homes that are a result of some sort of sexual sin either you know everything from one night stands to hmm. you know uh, marriage covenants that were broken uh kids lose their parents um there's these, you know, all of the mental and spiritual consequences, yeah. the feelings of, of guilt and sorrow. Um, and that doesn't even scratch the surface then of careers that are lost, you know, yeah. lost yeah. reputations yeah. that are lost. I mean, people lose their home, their, their life savings, their friends, um, their relationship with God. Like it's just when, when, when sexual sin takes root, nothing else matters. Yeah, and it's all in this pursuit of gross happiness. Yep. Yeah, f fool's gold happiness, right? It's not even. Yes. Yeah, that's ooh, that's fleeting. a good way to put. That's, good that's way actually put. a really good way to put it. I'm gonna well, write that down real quick. That's why I'm here. <laughs> that's why I'm here. Um, fool's yeah. gold. Fool's gold happiness. But it's one of those things. I should go without saying. I think anyone listening to this. Uh, all of us, I'm sure, at some way, our lives have been touched, either directly, indirectly, people, friends, family, somebody whose lives have been shipwrecked because of sexual sin. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or at friend least we had, heavily damaged. You know? it, it heavily yes. damaged, yeah. The yeah. friend growing up with whose parents, like, it, it, it's constant. It's well, constant. Heard, it is so pervasive. I've heard horror stories of people that have been faithful in ministry. I mean quote-unquote, right, for years on end, right, and then right. all of a sudden they just depart from it all, and I mean, I think of 
one particular story where they literally left ministry to go and film adult pornography. Hmm. Wow. I'm like, how in the world do you make that leap? Um, it right. starts it's a long time ago. Yeah, yeah, right. it starts somewhere. Time. Yeah, and that's, and that's that's yeah. Go ahead. One of the one of the, you know one of the scary things about that, you know, because that that does bear a good point of how do you like how do you go from ministry again and sort of some classic nuance on that. Obviously, this guy wasn't a fateful minister and then woke up one day and said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to go film adult films," you know, and things like that. <clears throat> there's there's all of these. In in sexual perversion, there are all these micro movements that you make. You yeah. start off with, oftentimes this is the case, you start off with these with um, a decision to entertain lustful thoughts. And then there's these little micro movements that take you deeper and deeper into sin and various forms of sin. And you have almost this gateway drug effect where before you know it, if you are pursuing uh, lust, you look back and you have moved miles through all yeah, yeah. of these tiny little movements deeper into depravity. And so the, the way that you, that you move from... Um, ministry to sleeping with someone else's wife are through these small movements, yeah. these little progressions. Normally, normally I think is, is at least what history has shown and uh, what the, what counseling has shown and uh, things like that. So it's, it's so important. You, you, you think that you think that when the devil stands before you, he'll look like, this menacing beast when in reality it's these little normative things oh yeah that you have that you have introduced and entertained in your life yeah. you don't realize so much how much of, of it of you it's taking so much of what happens is people make small concessions i mean that's sin in general right. really right. i mean you make um little compromises here and there <laughs> And yep. you inevitably find yourself at a crossroads where you have to make a choice. And that's all that sin does, is it forces you to choose yep. between what is good and what is right and what is evil. And mm -hmm. we don't like to put it in those terms because it's then black and white. But you inevitably mm -hmm. get to this point where little by little, choice by choice, moment by moment, you are making small concessions of what God has actually said as opposed to what Satan says, has God actually said? Right, and then yeah. you find yourself in a world of trouble and you wonder why. Mm -hmm. Well, the, the reason yeah. for it is because all of us have simply forsaken what the word has actually said. Right. Yeah. Well, let's, let's kind of shift into the outline here um, because that's good introduction. But knowing that, knowing it's these micro decisions, these tiny, tiny decisions that add up and one day you wake up and you're, somewhere you never thought you'd be yeah right? further along um, than you thought yeah yeah yep. let, let's let's look at maybe three reasons we take those risks three reasons we make those little micro decisions we we allow ourselves to compromise in small ways mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. um again blake you put together this outline uh it's great um yeah. but you, you've got three here that i think are really good and you, and you said 
I think I remember you, you mentioned this in our in our group chat. You got this from borrowed this from Piper. Is that correct? We think? No, this I have no idea where this came from. So this is one of the things when I was putting this together. I, I was like, it's like putting together scraps of paper. It was like National Treasure Three, you know, trying to figure out like, okay, where do we get, you know, all these things. And uh, put these, and these uh-huh. right, 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 and these three <laughs> reasons uh, that we're willing to risk so much, um, uh, willing to risk so much for sexual sin. I thought they were really good, but I just had them. I just had them in a file with no information and then i even tried like googling the things that i had written and i'm almost certain i picked these up somewhere they're they're too clever to have just come out of my mind i think so um so anyway so that with that little bit uh well let's just give credit to john piper yeah or charles spurgeon maybe yeah 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 or mark when you're non-disciplined on the internet charles spurgeon once said jack jack makes a mark driscoll quote (laughs) yeah Yeah, let's give credit to the guy who shipwrecked an entire, you know, that, series of that churches. That was the joke. Not just one church. <laughs> that yeah. was the joke. Yeah, right. that was the joke. Man. Um, all right, number one. Three reasons that we, as in humans, uh, that we take the risk. We, we make these little micro decisions, like give ourselves over mm-hmm. to sexual sin. Number one, we don't typically realize how much sexual sin is going to cost us. Hmm. Right. It, it rarely comes with a visible price tag. The cost is hidden. Um, it's pleasure purchased with credit. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, we, we don't. We don't. We don't consider in the moment that oh, if I just do this thing, it's just this little thing. But we don't take into into consideration the ramifications, the domino effect of how this little thing is not a little thing, and how it costs a tremendous amount personally. Right. In our family, our faith, right. um, in many cases, churches, and so on and so forth. Yeah, you yeah. don't think that if if you could have a, a vision of what exactly this will cost you and the damage that it does, um, no one would be foolish enough to to take the fruit. You know. Yeah. yeah. Um, yep. But the reality is, is people start with uh, lust in their heart and. If left unchecked, the reality is you move from uh, things like pornography to now all of a sudden you have a camera crew in your what is that house or what is that um what's that show where uh, the guy like traps the uh, um oh you're talking the pet, about the, the, the pedophile yeah like yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. where like there's like the camera crew they like do like a set like a mock like meetup because somebody's you know talking to a 14 year old or something and they yeah. show up to meet this 14 not friends no, <laughs> no not, friends. not friends i don't think um but uh you, you know what i'm talking about it's like a famous I show what's that, no what idea what yeah. what is that guy's name yeah they basically set up these mock things with people online uh, that are trying to meet up with minors and then they, ex- I mean, they expose wow. them to the world. Yeah. Uh, and if there's enough evidence, they get arrested and, and everything else. Yep. It's like, do you think that those guys started thinking like, this was where I was going to, like, this is where no, I was right. going to end? I, I could tell and the you answer is no. Point blank. I mean, I, I've literally dealt with people in council where, I mean, they're, they're well gone and beyond their church. They're outside of the our local church as it speaks, but... Um, there was one guy I knew who had like 60,000, 60,000 plus videos on his phone of just different things wow. in pornography. 
And right. as I'm meeting with him, I actually challenge how can your him on software even have how can your software yeah. even handle I know, that much? I, don't know. I, I get I, like a thousand pictures of my kids and my phone starts smoking. You yeah. Know, like, time to I buy a new him, though, phone. It's like, look, you, you literally, yeah. you are the man who needs to do radical amputation. You need to just right. get rid of your phone, burn it, just be done with it. Um, right. But he was right. so hesitant. And at the end of the day, I looked at it and I'm like, I don't know if you have genuine faith. Um, mm. I don't know how a person can have genuine faith and have that much on their phone. And then yeah. the other part of me was it's like, what do you have? What do you have that's mm -hmm. maybe legal or even not legal? at that point right because right. it's so much but right. he was utterly in slavery to his sin and mm -hmm. the sad part to me was looking at it and saying okay um you shipwrecked your marriage you shipwrecked literally your relationship with your kids but mm -hmm. he didn't get there that day right he made a series of right. choices over time that brought him to that point right yeah right yeah, yeah. and that's that's well, a reality like Go ahead, Jack. Oh, I was going to go along. I like the way uh, Blake, you phrased it. You know, it's pleasure purchased on credit. Think about yep. credit with interest and interest payments stack up. And one day you're buying a Hershey's chocolate bar. I don't know. Yeah. I, they'll, but, end up they'll end up costing yeah, you $15. Cost, and, yeah, yeah, it's like, like Yeah, at, right. Why am I paying $38 for this Hershey's chocolate bar? Right, well, right. That's and, what he would like to know your location. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In this case, though, it's your soul. And that's exactly. a, right. yeah. I, I don't mean to trivialize. Yeah. I don't want right. to trivialize it because ultimately that's the that's the weight here. And, and right. you know, we think about how much it's going to cost if you are in Christ. That sin mm. cost cost the cross. Like it costs. Yeah. Like we think about. We don't realize how much the sin. And that's that's not just sexual sin, but it's true for sexual sin, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, number two, three reasons we take the risk. Uh, we take the risk or people take the risk because sexual desire is powerful. Right. Yeah. There's no denying this, right? Yeah. That's kind of, I mean, there's no, there's no, there's, there's something, um, again, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like gluttony, um, in a way, uh, because there is an aspect of, well, we are made to function a certain way, like all things normative humans have a natural sexual desire in the same way that they have a natural hunger and yeah. that God has given us a right outlet for those desires where they can actually be good uh, and good for the person and honoring uh, to him. Yeah. And so there's no, it's, it's not enough to say like, is we're tackling is we're tackling this issue of lust and sexual sin, it's not enough to just say, well, just don't. <laughs> like, just, just stop. stop. Just stop. Well, it's like that you old know? SNL skit. Just, just stop it. Stop it. <laughs> stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thank stop you. It. I knew that. <laughs> Why didn't right. I think of that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. I think the, the, you actually summarize it very well in, in the way you put it in your outline. The combination of sexual and emotional attraction is an undertow that captures people who are merely wading by the beach. It sweeps them out to sea and does everything possible to drown them. Yeah. Right. That is sexual sin. I mean, that's the reality right. of what we're dealing with here is that there are all sorts of people who are simply going out into the water, so to speak, to sow their wild oats and whatever mm -hmm. else you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And yet 
what it does is deceptively deliver them a bill of goods that goes contrary to God's law and inevitably tries to kill them. You're right. Right. And we don't see that. Yeah. And it's so deceptive that the people that are being swept out to sea in this undertow uh, are excited about it. Yes. They're, they're, yeah. they're willing to go out into this adventure in the deep water. Yeah. And then at some point, hopefully realize this is, I'm going to die. Like this is going to, yeah. like, this is going to drown me. I, uh, I recall a guy that I, I knew when I first came to faith and, um, I mean, he's, he's literally apostatized at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, but for him, um, I remember him having all sorts of extramarital affairs with his wife or against his wife rather. Mm -hmm. And we're talking 10, 15 plus people to the point where in every which way, um, he had forsaken his covenant. And what right. he was looking at was the excitement. I remember him telling me, there are times I look at porn and I wonder, what have I missed? What have I not seen yet that I want to see? And my heart was broken for him and I tried to give him counsel. Uh, but at this point, I mean, he's literally walked away from Christ because his lust has literally carried him out to the point of spiritual death. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think back, you know, to, to look at scripture here. There is something unique about it. There's something unique about sexual sin and, and the power and the desire that's that's within it. And again, Paul writes in um, in First Corinthians six six eighteen, uh, he gives a clear command, which we'll get into probably a lot in this episode, and, and I think the next one, flee from sexual immorality. First mm -hmm. Corinthians mm -hmm. seventeen, flee from sexual now, and then he says, every other sin a, a person commits is outside outside the body. But the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. Like he, mm. Paul is drawing this distinction, right? This di there's a difference. It's it's a it's a it's a different type of sin. There's a different impact to it, right? And it, it it is an all-consuming thing, and it you, yeah, we we, yeah. we underestimate, grossly underestimate in our culture, um, in the church, families, friends, how powerful. Mm -hmm this desire can be. And like you said, Blake, it sweeps people out to sea and they're laughing and giggling right. the entire time. Yeah. Like they love right. it. This is great. They're they're like, this is, great. This is and a, then, a water slide. And at the yeah. end, right. water slide is death. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, yeah. you could, you could also like, you know, if you could imagine your, your toddler running out into traffic oh. and how, yep. and how much fun they think that they're having as the family looks on in horror, uh, you know, of mm. what, what is what potentially you know what is happening and what the potential result can be and it's mm. not even just you know and we're i think that we tend to we tend to um talk about the the end of those things like the big examples and we've even done it in in this this episode where we're talking about you know the guy running off you know and having 13 affairs on his wife and things like that but the consequences um and the risk, they're also in in lust of the heart. You know, yep. it's not just what it yeah. can lead to, but it's to what it is right now. I mean, a man uh, that claims to know Christ who is addicted to pornography, um, though it hasn't come into full potential blossom that sexual sin, uh, it is still there. 
Yep. And it still disparages the name of Christ. It still harms the individual. It harms the body of Christ. Um, it has less lasting effect on the mind and the emotions. Someone once said, um, I don't even know who this was, um, but um, probably, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, but somebody said, you know, that in our day and age with the accessibility to pornography, uh, that many men and women are walking around with a harem of the mind that would make yes. Solomon blush. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, just well, I, yeah. I think about that. You can you can literally go out to the grocery store and find 10 to 15 people to lust after. And the question is, every time you go out, um, are you literally committing adultery of the heart or are you making the floor your best friend? Um Right. What I mean by that is simple. Yeah. It's like at some points, yeah. it's like, okay. The bouncing of the to, eyes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. You have to just stare at the floor and be yeah. content to be that weird guy who doesn't make eye contact yeah. with people. But right. I, well, I we'll think talk, of yeah. – We'll, we'll talk, talk about, about practical. Yeah, we'll talk about practical but... application and the fact that um, a lot of times we associate. Uh, yeah, I don't want. I don't want to jump too far ahead because yeah. there is a there is an issue of that lust that we look lustfully. That lust is not caused by another individual. We no. look lustfully because there's lust in the heart. Right. Yep. Right. So those those folks in the grocery store or whatever, um, though they may not be helping matters with the way that they're dressed and things like that, ultimately that decision to lust or the entertaining, the temptation to lust already lies within my heart. Right. Um, it's not something well, a, that they're radiating to me. No. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's, what James, that's what James says, right? I, mm -hmm. you, you literally are going hook, line, and sinker for sin because of what's already in your heart. Right. And your desire. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah, we yeah. want to do is so much castigate the blame on everybody else. And the, again, they're not helping. There right. are certainly the, the people that Proverbs will say are the harlot. Right. Um, right. And yet the reality is in my own heart, I've already forsaken what God has said is good, true, and beautiful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, one other one other aspect here on yeah. the, this. I just want to address this because I was sitting here thinking that there's there's a class of people here that maybe we should speak to directly. Given I think about <clears throat> our audience, probably being people who are already Christians. In in the asset in the essence of the the kind of this point too, that's the reason we take the risk is sexual sexual desire is powerful. We we forget how powerful it is because there are so many Christians who are addicted to it but hate it. I've mm. talked to a lot of a lot of young men who, Grace, we've had them reach out to the page before in the past. Oh, it's yeah. like, mm -hmm. I don't know how to stop. Like, I don't know where yep. to like, and, and that's how powerful it is that you can be in this place where you know how wrong it is and you hate it, but you're chained to it. Yep. And you're just like, I don't know where to go. And I think some, there's some practical, when we get into the practical tips. That well, can yeah. Speaking yeah. offhand, I, I think that's, that's literally a testimony of what sin is in general. I mean, yeah. mm -hmm. I, I hate to put it in very broad categories, but at the same time, um, when I when I hear people who are still chained to it, it's like there's something that's a disconnect, either in their understanding yeah. of Christ or their understanding of the goodness of marriage, absolutely, and the beauty absolutely. of sex within those confines. Um, right. But there's yep. there's something that's wrong theologically, first and foremost. But there's yeah. also doxological problems and that I've not yet come to praise God 
for what he has said is good and right. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. And then uh, the third reason we take the risk here, and then we'll jump into, we'll look, uh, we're going to deep dive in the seventh commandment. We've already kind of addressed this one in, in passing, but the third reason we take the risk, sexual sin doesn't begin with glaring and blatant transgressions, something small and innocent. We've kind yeah. of talked about that. Like mm-hmm. uh, we take the risk because we don't, something looks harmless. So it's easy to allow, right? Uh, it right. starts with a small desire. It starts with a, with a flicker, right? Mm-hmm. And eventually it becomes yeah. a forest fire. Yeah. Yep. That yep. you don't know how to that you don't know how to control, even if you wanted yeah. to, you know. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, it's that that classic old joke where all of a sudden the guy stumbles and finds himself into adultery, and it's like you made a a series of choices along the way, right? And perhaps it began with lust of the eyes, then it began mm-hmm. with lust of the flesh, and then it began to crystallize into adultery, and where you're flirting with a coworker. Mm-hmm. You know, having the emotional affair, and then all of a sudden it becomes a physical affair. Um, at mm-hmm. the end of the day, you did not fornicate first and foremost. You made a series of decisions to get there. Yeah. And that's what we're yeah. warning against as a whole is saying, look, every last one of us is capable of making those decisions. Yeah. The question is, are we going to look at the temptations of the heart and the scriptures and say, um, right. We need to be as Job and make a covenant with our eyes. We need to be as, um, you know, Solomon warns in the book of Proverbs, the wise man who forsakes mm-hmm. the adulterer or adulteress. Right. And do we right. honor God? Um, it's all those little by little decisions that will crystallize in the end to form who you become to be. Yeah. Yeah. It, it ultimately becomes an issue of greater affections. Yes. Because mm-hmm. what was, what was mentioned earlier, I, one of you guys said it, um, that you're, <clears throat> you think about trying to like lose weight, right? Mm-hmm. Until your love of good health is proportionate to your love of cupcakes, you'll never make <laughs> any, you'll never make any ground, right? Yeah. Like until you love, until you really <laughs> love Christ and are full of gratitude, uh, those are the things that will drown out any sin, but particularly yeah. uh, this sexual sin. I think we, I mentioned it last time is this issue of gratitude. Um, yeah. It does so much to put down sinful desire uh, if you just, if you practice it. Uh, so yeah. it's that put on, put off stuff, which we kind of began mentioning uh, last time. And if you think that you have your sin under control, uh, or that you can bring it to a place where it's like, well, I, I would never let it go so far is that I would be pursuing more and more devious forms of pornography and things like that. You're a fool for saying that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're an absolute absolutely. fool. I mean, it's it's that classic illustration. I, I think uh, years and years ago, I think it was Matt Chandler it was uh, that used it. Not the pirate ship. It was... Uh, <laughs> Not it was <laughs> it was the lo- it was the the lion between um, the it, two of you guys. It's like uh, that's Piper. Right. It's like oh, right. not the pirate ship example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, but I think it was Chandler in the in the when animals attack illustration. You know, like, you know, remember like back in the nineties, the rise of popularity of like animal attack shows, like mm. Yellowstone footage. You know, where people get yeah. attacked by a buffalo and stuff like that. And the the person that was filming the commercial and has this lion on the chain. And the lion's all sedated, and it's kind of walking out, and they're oh, you know, they're filming this shot, and then pretty soon the lion's just 
you know, just snaps oh, yeah. and starts yeah. mauling people. People are screaming and everything else. And it's like, <laughs> it, like at what point do you think you have control of a lion? Yeah. You I'm know? going to go randomly <laughs> pet this wild bear and just see yeah, what right. happens. Right, I've got right. honey in my hand. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's uh, like, yeah. And, and, and so to think that you have this man killing beast that you have control over is the dumbest thing. And, and when you yeah. think that sin and, and your sexual sin, well, I, I'm, I'll only take it this far. You know, it's, it's interesting. You mentioned, you know, Grayson, like the, the, like the flirting with a coworker or the emotional affair to think that you can get there and then stop it. Yeah. Like yeah. in your own power, like in your own power to just stop it or that you, or that you can manage that sin is so, so dangerous and so foolish. Um, you don't understand what you're dealing with. Yeah. yeah. It, it goes to the deception of the heart where, I mean, Jeremiah 17 talks about this, right? Um, this is a, a life verse for Calvinists in many ways, but the reality is that he talks about the, the Calvinist Lyles Piper. Yeah, Kevin, it's like Piper. Um, the wiles of the human heart, though, it's like the, the human heart is deceptive above all else. And then he asks the question, who of you can understand it? Yeah, And I who think that's know? where we, we fall, oh. is that we think we can understand even the depravity of our own hearts. Yeah, and we don't right. stop to consider the fact that, um, for one, God knows all the recesses of our hearts that are mm -hmm. evil. But for two, um, even still, even under the ministry of the spirit, we don't have that ability to discern all the thoughts and intentions and the intents of the thoughts of our hearts. And so we immediately will go into different things that are just outright folly uh, because yeah. we fool ourselves into thinking that we've got a handle on it. Right. Yeah. And it's the flesh too. I mean, the, the yeah. flesh uh, against the new heart, you have that kind of that, that battle that is taking place uh, right. in the life of the believer. So, um, you guys but remember? Think, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go, go ahead, Blake. Sorry. Or uh, go ahead, Jack. Sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You finish. <laughs> no, I was going to move us to the next point of oh, uh, the like, seventh commandment. This yeah. is like the uh, the deference of the podcast brothers. It's like no, no, no. You go. You go. <laughs> you, no, no, no. We're all holding the door for each other. You and have. Goes you have by. a severely no, important point. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> my, my point's not important. <laughs> Like, do you mean talking about friends? And Jack is yeah. what happens. to give you guys a a little insight. Jack is like one of the most humble guys I know, so he actually probably has a very important point that he's yeah. actually just being very kind about. <laughs> right? <laughs> you guys remember this is where I this is that's here comes the important point. Yeah, here yeah. comes the important point. Yeah. My favorite animals attack video is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember the Pinky the cat? The video where no. there's our secret word, Pinky the Pinky, Pinky, Pinky the, cat. the cat, Pinky the cat, Pinky the cat. If so, you're the first one to write Pinky the cat <laughs> in the comment section of YouTube, we will uh, reach out uh, and we will give you a wonderful copy of this uh, Reformers devotional, The Heart of uh, the Reformation. What a great way to what a great way to be in uh, Reformation Month. Uh, That's right. Then uh, have that. Uh, and you can thank Pinky the Cat for it. Pinky All the right, cat. tell there us about go. Pinky the Cat because I have no idea what this You've is. Never, yeah, I've seen I this video don't either. No, no. I'll describe it. You'll remember it. It's, okay. This came out like twenty years ago, but every time I see it, I laugh way more okay. than I should. So there's this guy. It's like he's he's like an animal control guy, and he's doing this video like, "Come, come, adopt this cat." He's like, "We've got Pinky the Cat." Oh, yeah, you, know, you know what I'm talking right, about? Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> She's a, uh, I forget what he said, something like an adorable, sweet, short hair in that cat. Oh, yeah. Just yeah. Of his, yeah. Of <laughs> he just starts he going goes, nuts. Yeah, ah, right. Yeah. It's like tear the flesh off his arm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I Now I remember. Wow. That was okay. That was locked away in the deep recesses of my mind. Pink, so yeah. You say Pinky the cat, and I'm automatically thinking of something wildly different where I'm like, ah, I have no idea. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, so there's this wild animal control guy and i'm like oh okay. yeah 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 adopt pinky it. the cat what was oh, the fate yeah. of pinky the cat that's a good, I don't know. That's a good i'll point. have to for anyone that hasn't seen i'll try and find a link to it on youtube and put it if i can find it it's out there somewhere i'll yeah, uh, right. i'll put it in the comments or it's a pretty funny when animals attack video and right. a great analogy for dealing with sexual sin yeah yes no, that's, that's, that's true isn't this such right. a nice thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Seventh the seventh commandment. commandment. Seventh commandment. The seventh commandment. So one of the things that I always uh, love to do, and um, it just it makes a lot of sense to me, and, and at least the way my mind works, is that every sin can be linked back to uh, an aspect of the moral law of God as it's stated in the Ten Commandments. Um, we've covered this area before. Um, and we may not, amongst us three, we may not be totally on board with this. So I'll just, I'll speak, you know, for myself, uh, that the moral law of God does not, does not change. And so when we have the seventh commandment, uh, you know, we take things like, you know, the sixth commandment, thou shall not murder. Uh, there will never be a time where murder is okay. It was wrong before the law was given on Sinai and it has been wrong since it's, it's wrong in the yeah. age of the church. It's wrong. I mean, all of that stuff. Uh, and so when we look at, the moral law of God it is a reflection of God's character. And so when we look at the seventh commandment, uh, which is a really short one, Exodus 20, uh, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. Yep. And yet packed into that short little command, it forbids all sexual sin. So we already established the parameters and the purposes of uh, sex that were established by God yep. within the marriage covenant between a man and a woman. Um, with that information, then, we see that the seventh commandment, uh, as it's stated in Exodus, as it's stated in uh, Deuteronomy 5, as it's stated later on in Matthew 5 by Christ, and in various uh, other places, the commandment's purpose is safeguarding the gift of marriage and promoting the flourishing of the family. Yeah. So you've got, you've got, um, is consequences the right word? Not, not consequence, consequences of, uh, keeping this command. Consequences is not the word. And now my brain's stuck on that. Uh, you know, I don't think it's an entirely inappropriate word, though. At the same time, it's like right. there are, well, there, there are natural consequences that yeah. will come of it, but there are also logical yeah. consequences that must flow from it. Right. right. And that's kind of the point I think you're driving towards, is that right. if we're looking right. at these parameters that God has set in place, um, we either will submit to that or we won't. And if we won't, then there's going to be natural consequences. Right, right. right? If we submit to it, there are logical consequences and what that means for our everyday choices. Right, right. So when you look at that, then, uh, it go it's more, it's about more than just cheating on your spouse, right? Mm. Yes. I mean, the, the pharisaical approach would be, 
well, just let's just take this on the service. You should not commit adultery, okay? I haven't slept uh, with anybody else's wife, uh, or I haven't slept with anyone since I've been married because I'm not married. Therefore, I'm good to go on. You yeah. know what I mean? Right. Uh, yep. All of the things there. But what the but what the Word of God is getting at here, of course, is that all sexual sin. It's not just about cheating on your spouse. It's about this other issue of sexual sin, which is where you get into the various forms of sexual sin in uh, the New Testament in particular. Yeah. So the one that you hear quite often and that even, you know, laymen uh, have heard is, you know, pornea, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What is pornea? It's the, it's the junk drawer term. It really sexual is. Sin. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredibly broad and it, I mean, if you can put anything into a bucket, so to speak, that's what this term is basically getting at. Uh, right. Whatever. Do you guys have a junk drawer? We do. We got three. Yeah. I mean, we live in Wisconsin. <laughs> Ooh, no, no. Oh, we have three yeah. junk drawers. <clears throat> I've got a junk garage, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When it's I was like growing up, we had a junk drawer, and the thing is, is everything's in the junk drawer. Anything yep. you could possibly need. Everybody's got a junk you know? drawer. Right. Yep. And so but that's that the idea that Paul's is, getting yeah, at. Yeah, is the idea. Right. Um, and yeah. Literally anything that goes against God's commandments when it comes to sexual morality, but also just the idea. I mean, Paul hits at this in Galatians, I think it's five, where he talks about sensuality, impurity, and immorality. And the term he uses for immorality is pornea. But in mm -hmm. every aspect, he's covering whatever you want to try and argue against, if you will, especially if you're in the modern church, right? That that sensual aspect. So whatever yeah. appeals mm. to the senses, whatever is sexually mm -hmm. appealing to the eyes, that um, immoral aspect, obviously those things that go against God's commands, but that impure aspect also holds this whole, I, I hate to use the word kit and caboodle because it sounds like a boomer, but that whole kit and caboodle, so to speak. <laughs> Where the reality is, it's like there's there's nothing there's wrong with sounding like a boomer for our boomer listeners. Yeah. There, yes, yes, we yeah. don't want to be offensive. Uh, Lord bless you. There are boomers. things that may go outside of the purview of overt biblical commands, and yet mm -hmm. they're not sensual, but they are impure still. They are going against mm -hmm. God's created order and what He has said is good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So therefore, every deviation. Uh, from the created order then is sinful. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mark, yeah, Mark I mean, 7, 20. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to read, read the Bible, Grayson. Well, yeah. I mean, this is, if what the, you have to Bible say is more important, every time if you I have try. to say, no, maybe Grayson yeah, has to be more important to say than God's word. Maybe we should give him a, a moment That's here. a trap. Right. That's a utter <laughs> trap. <laughs> And that's when the podcast is just is just us an audio Bible of us just yeah, reading. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. That's right. Uh, Mark seven twenty one through twenty three, uh, our Lord speaking. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within, and they defile a person. Yeah. So when the Lord looks at your heart, what he sees is that. Absolutely. Right. That's the that's the the clincher, so to speak, is that whenever the Lord looks at the inward state of man, uh the inward state is not 
this ooey gooey good center, so to speak, that so many people want to put it out to be. But there is the vileness, the impurity, the sin, sensuality, sexuality, all those different aspects which bring us condemnation, um, mm -hmm. which he's able to pierce through to the innermost part and weigh the thoughts and intents of our heart. And even yeah. still, what it reveals is all of that. Right. Yeah. And the lifelong work of sanctification by the Spirit, then, is taking the heart that's in that state and then uh, the King of Glory conquering land in your life, <laughs> Amen. in your heart, you know, taking over um, those different aspects. So yeah. this is where we get a little. So um, I, I, I freely admit, and I, I admit this to our, our people, too, because I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm not uh, the, the linguist. Um, anything that I have to say about uh, anything in the Greek or the Hebrew is just me uh, scraping the cream off of other men's minds that are more brilliant than me. <laughs> uh, and so I, um, when it comes to the, the, the linguistic part, uh, there is another area, and, and we kind of talked about this in, in the chat, where it's, it's a small <clears throat> rabbit trail, but I think it's one that is worth taking because we live in a world where the theologically liberal yeah. uh, oftentimes are trying to redefine what sin is. And we've talked about this before. I think even one of you guys wrote an article about it of essentially in, in theologically liberal denominations, what constitutes sexual sin? If everything is okay, yeah. if everything is, if, if homosexuality, if the trans movement, if all of these things uh, are supported, then what exactly is the Lord getting at when he talks about sexual yeah. sin? If there is no sexual sin, at least, as far as it's culturally acceptable and things like that, which then takes us to the re um, the reassigning of the meaning of the word that is used in scripture for homosexuality. And I think this popped up a yeah. few years ago uh, and it was really circulating on the internet where, you know, it, it does. So every once in a while, we're about right. probably every two to three years, there's some new wave that says this term doesn't mean that. And at the mm -hmm. end of the day, you know what that does. is? Can I just, can I just say what that is? That's just people wanting to justify their sin. Yeah. Well, yeah. How, how can I, yeah. how can I twist this word in the Bible to make, to make right. it where I'm justifying my sin? Right. That's all that that stuff is. Right. And don't we do that in so many areas? I mean, again, oh, we do. I'm not, uh, things I'm like not. Uh, gluttony, uh, uh, drunkenness. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, there's that that eternal debate. You know, is buzzed drunk? You know, things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, you know, go to the reform pub, every, and that's a pretty popular. <laughs> right, right, right. As we um, all get banned now. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? I ain't even there. Nope. Um, the uh, you know, a uh, lot, you know, we like lying, you know, we, we shade like, well, this yeah. is a lie, but this is, and we always find ourselves on the right side, you know, yeah. on the side where it's still okay. The sexual perversion is the same thing, you know? And so the reason this stuff comes up is what Jack said. People want to justify their own sin and they want to be on the right side of, you know, what is uh culturally and at least what they deem as religiously acceptable also so i'm gonna be quiet well, i'm gonna let grace and take this section for one i think that's so much of what we do with sin in general we want to be on the right side and so often what happens is that 
we'll make all sorts of different crafty arguments that we can come out with and say uh, we're morally blameless or we're doing the right thing. Uh, for two, though, when you actually look at the Greek terms, our synechoitos, um, the reality is that it speaks to a both and. So what has happened is that many people have looked at it and said, this only speaks to pederasty. If you're not familiar with what pederasty is, it was the ancient Roman practice where they would fornicate with young boys. Mm -hmm. um, so they're looking at it and saying, okay, this is outside of the confines of a normal monogamous relationship between a uh, consenting adult male and another consenting adult male. But Paul actually uses two different terms in this passage when he comes to 1 Corinthians or even 1 Timothy. In reality, what it comes down to is that he's actually approaching things on a both and, so to speak. So he is mm -hmm. hitting against those who are doing pederasty or fornicating mm -hmm. with young boys, but he's also hitting against what would be called per perhaps the active or the passive partner in a homosexual union. So what mm -hmm. he's looking at, and all intents and purposes, is saying that um, outside of the confines of the creation mandate of a man and a woman, one man and one woman, um, it's sin. And he says, mm -hmm. against such things the law of God has come, or against such things the wrath of God has come, as he says elsewhere. Um, but when you look at a term like porneia, it's actually an incredibly broad term, and it just refers mm -hmm. to sexual immorality on the whole. Um, what that means in particular is that any form of deviancy, I mean, literally any form that you can think of is wrapped up in that term. We, we talked about it as hmm. a junk drawer term, but that all has to come into bear when we talk about things like this, too, with homosexuality. So hmm. homosexuality was a term invented in the late 1850s, I want to say, and uh, what it referred to was male-on-male uh, -male interaction. I mean, there's there's mm -hmm. no getting around that. And so people will take objection to it and say, oh, because it was a term coined in the, the late 1800s, therefore it's now invalid because the Bible doesn't speak to these different things. Like that's when it was invented. Like homosexuality yes. didn't didn't exist before. It right, so the, the concept is obviously still there in Scripture. They have a, a word to describe it. Um, it's even clear, as, as I understand it, that in the uh, Septuagint, which is yeah. the Greek translation of the Hebrew Scriptures, that when there's passages that are clearly dealing with homosexual relationships, um, Leviticus 20.13, yes. if a man lies with a man, as with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination that is clearly yep. speaking against about, about homosexuality, but, and they surely shall be put to death. Their blood, blood is upon them. The passage well, and says, I believe Leviticus actually use, uses the term as far as the subtusion of arsenicoites. The reality right. is that even if you, if you want to bypass all of that, when you mm -hmm. get to Romans 1, what Paul talks about are the affections that are unnatural. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that itself is sin. And that's right. a, a taboo thing in our culture today. But at the end right. of the day, when he says men have exchanged their natural relations to lust mm -hmm. after other men, I mean, literally uses the word to lust, and mm -hmm. women have lusted after other women, yeah. he is mm -hmm. showing there's an unnatural order of things. You get to the book of Jude. Jude even stresses the same reality when he talks about the angels who have left their domain, right? He's referring back to Genesis 6, mm -hmm. and then he also refers back to Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. 
But when he's referring to these false teachers, he's using these two examples to show that outside of the natural conditions that God mandated in the creation mandate, there is a perversion that has taken place. Right. And whether or not we want to accept that doesn't change that to be true. Right. Yeah. yeah. And not all affections and desires have a biblical outworking. No. Like like Paul's like or like a a righteous outworking. Like Paul's solution for, you know, it's better for you to marry than to burn in your lust, that is a proper outworking of a normative desire. But there yeah. are perverse desires which and this could blow because I know this is controversial, which I think what you said as well, Grayson, that there are desires that are sinful in and of themselves, mm -hmm. that it's not just acting on the desire, but the desire itself is perverse and out of yeah. and out of sort. Oh, yeah. So. I mean, I'm sure you've run into this as a pastor. I've run into it as well at different points, but there's things that I've counseled <clears throat> husbands and wives on where they've they've they're like, is this acceptable to do? And I'm like, the only reason why you would think that is acceptable to do is because at some point, one of you has watched pornography. Mm. <laughs> in, in no context would you do right. this in a normal functioning marriage. Gotcha. And yeah. so now you're... Um, Matthew five twenty seven and following, you've heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. Mm. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. And so there's a lot to unpack here. We are actually at our limit of time uh, right now. And so we will do a deep dive into this passage in our next episode, but just giving kind of a of an overview of what Jesus is getting at here in this passage is that uh, we have God's, God's uh, purpose for intimacy. We see that this lust issue is not an outward in issue. It's an inward out issue, just like murder uh, that Jesus addresses in this same, very same chapter uh, that you don't murder someone. It doesn't just happen from the outside in, but the heart that is full of hatred commits murder. Um, this verse is taken out of context. Uh, it is abused uh, quite often. Hmm. What it is not saying is that looking at someone lustfully causes a person to commit adultery in his or her heart. Again, it's not me seeing someone that causes lust. It's lust that takes me seeing someone and perverts it. Uh, yeah. Jesus is not saying in this passage that all sexual desire is, is wrong. Um, Jesus is not speaking of uh, unavoidable, unexpected exposure to sexual temptation. And, and we'll talk about the difference of that, the difference between temptation and then acting on the temptation yeah. uh, as we're together next time. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there's areas here uh, that we want to cover uh, next time as well regarding, uh, I mean, if you know anything about church history, pluck out your eye, cut yeah. off your hand. I mean, is, is that the solution? What is Jesus getting at when he's talking about these radical steps that need to be taken? And uh, well, I think it just, was uh, Origin. Origin, who literally cut off 
Yeah. He, I think he was already castrated himself. And then basically years later, writes, Well, that didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's not, well, like, so, like, I think a good illustration, and it's a silly illustration, is um, so, like, take your hand and sit on it. Okay. And then cover your eye. Do you think you could still sin? Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. Okay. So it's not, it's not about uh, mutilation and things like that, but there are, there is a degree of radicalness that comes in, which we will again, discuss next time. We wish we had more time uh, together, but Hey, Lord willing next time uh, we will cover deeply what Jesus is getting at in Matthew seven. We'll, we'll pop over to Proverbs. We'll look at uh, some things that Solomon uh, brings out as well. And it should be, beneficial i hope did you boys have anything uh in conclusion that you wanted to cover no i'll just add you know we thought it's funny we're, we thought oh we'll go this <clears throat> this will be two episodes yeah and it became right. three and now it looks like it's going to be four but i think that's okay um it's such a big topic and it's and it's not something so full disclosure uh we have different stuff to go do with schedules so it was either we rush through what jesus is saying here in right. about 10, 15 minutes. Which we don't uh, want to or, do. Which we don't want yeah. to do. Um, so we're cutting it a little bit short uh, than we typically would. I mean, we're at about an hour, but um, but I think it's it's such an important topic that it's worth, let's pause here and then we'll come back and, and do the yeah. rest. So thank you for your patience. Well, statistically speaking, even I think of, I mean, I mean, literally, this is just the reality at this point. Um, pornography, lust, and all these things are, are not just a man's only issue. Um, mm-hmm. Women in increasing numbers are doing the same exact thing. And to an even scarier degree, the, the topics in which search results actually come up um, are, are dealing with more and more devious sexual sin. And okay. so when we look at both the compendium of men and women and the issue of lust in the heart, um, this is a topic that we don't want to short shrift. It's one that we yeah, don't right. want to um, do poor service towards. We want to look at both men and women and say, there's a better way. There's a, a more righteous way and a more noble way. But ultimately we want to be able to look at it and, and treat it adequately instead of just rushing through it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So again, th- thank you for your patience. Uh, we'll be back next time. Same bat time, same bat place. Yeah. Is that, is that the thing? Same bat channel. Yeah. Same bat channel. Bat channel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so thanks so much. This has been the Course of Chaos. Again, my name is Jack. There's Blake. There's Grayson. And Pinky and, the Cat. And Pinky, Pinky the Cat. The cat. <laughs>